This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths. Enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Embrace the life you're meant to live. The life you haven't lived yet is an amazing one. This is the one that has calling you your entire life. It's the one that sneaks into your dreams and demands your attention when you're least expecting it. The call is loud and clear. However, if you want to live the amazing unlived life that's calling you, you must know that it won't simply happen. It doesn't simply happen or it would have already happened. You must choose it. Valeria interviews Gina Vincent. She is a life artist and creator of Exquisitely Aligned, a movement designed to shatter mundane thoughts and mediocrity, a movement that champions the voice of your soul to be expressed fully, your deepest desires to be embraced, and experiencing the finest expression of your natural-born gifts. In 2009, while her husband lay fighting for his life with kidney and liver disease, Gina was fighting the collective conformity of their local hospital, the doctors, and their rules. Gina turned inward and took an unwavering stand. She stood 100% for Mark's unlived, amazing future life. That's when she discovered her three-step strategic solution to live exquisitely aligned. She uses her gifts to bring you the missing piece you've been looking for. The peace is deep within you. It's been trying to get your attention. Gina brings them to light and gives them a voice. Her goal is for you to be your truest self, express your innermost desires, and have a ton of fun doing it. Because Gina believes when that happens, you become exactly what the world is missing. Meet Gina at exquisitelyaligned.com. Here is the interview with Gina Vincent. In your own words, who is Gina Vincent? Oh, that's a great question. Thank you. So I would say that I am someone who hears what most people cannot hear and sees what most people cannot see. I'm a connector. I always have been. And I connect people with their missing pieces, their truths that are written on their soul. And um, it's a lot of fun to be who I am. Um, I am grateful. It wasn't an easy journey to get here, but I am here now and I own it. I wonder why it takes us so long to listen to the voice that we know it's true and what does it take for us finally to listen to it hopefully not only suffering (laughs) (laughs) oh yes so for me what i've discovered along my 
uh, now 53 years walking on this magical planet is that we are born into this beautiful world to be something exquisite. And unfortunately, I see injustices. And these injustices are things like, and when I say that word, I know sometimes people are like, oh, the person has to go be locked up. No, I don't mean like that. I just mean that we're put into these boxes and asked to be you know, kind of to fit in and to give up parts of ourselves in order to fit in, right? So sometimes it could be that there is a limelight lover in our in our nuclear family, somebody who wants to be the one who's shining all the time, always in the limelight. And if that is the case, whether it be a parent, a sibling, whoever is within the home, that means you have to tone down and and give up parts of yourself in order not to upset the limelight lover is what I like to call them. Then there's other times where we go to school and we need to fit in even in our home or our marriage or our career. You know, oh, Gina, you know, why are you dressed like this? Well, I'm dressed like this because I like to express Uh my truest self. You know, (laughs) like I've had people ask me not to get dressed up so much when I would meet them for dinner. Well, that's a part of who I am. I I don't ask you to wear a certain underwear or, um, you know, not brush your hair or brush your hair. Why would you ask me to tone it down it, it like that. And then there are times where we might be with somebody who overuses their power, I like to say. I think like a, the clearest one to me is a narcissist, right? Somebody who is really stepping into their power and using it to over um, to break boundaries and come into your space. And ask you to, you know, be subservient, submissive, I don't know the right word. But, you know, and then there are other people that maybe they're not doing it like a narcissist or as a narcissist, but they are asking you to please them. And when each of these things happens, whether it be where, you know, we don't want to steal the light from the limelight lover, um, we have to hide our gifts to make other people comfortable or to please them. Um, we give away pieces of ourselves or we bury them. However you want to, you know, uh, each day I feel a little different. So whatever word, I like to say whatever word suits you, but there we give away parts of ourselves or we hide parts of ourselves or we dismiss them and we lose who we are and that exquisiteness that it is meant to shine because honestly when we each shine like I look at you and all the work that you do and it 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 makes me happy it excites me it doesn't make me feel like you're going to outshine me it makes me feel like you're lighting the way for me to do the same and energizing me in a way that makes me say, oh, I just had the most amazing day. I met Valeria and I learned this about her and we shared this moment. And then, you know, hopefully we keep up with each other forever (laughs) and ever and eventually meet, you know. But, Uh um, you know, I don't see it in the way that sometimes it's, hmm, give me a minute to think of the word, perceived 
by others, you know, that, okay, I have to be this way. And I think if it goes on, like you were saying, 36 to 37 years, when we, in my opinion, move further and further year after year, or let's say month after month of who we were born to be, it it sometimes takes like a shocking moment for us to drop to our knees and go, wait a minute, I have all these gifts and I have these desires and I have these truths and I'm seeing parts of myself that I want to explore and practice and play with and, and kind of be youthful again. Right. You know, um, I didn't ask you, but did something change or happen when you were that age? Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> That's why I mentioned suffering, because that was exactly the catalyst. I was hiding myself for all my life. It has been um, a very interesting journey looking from this perspective now. It has, was interesting to just kind of watch <laughs> the human experience and how we <laughs> unfold. But I have been depressed, anxious, fearful pretty much my entire life. And mm. then one day, I just, one day, or perhaps it happened, I'm not sure, it, it probably happened over a week of feeling deeply depressed. And then suicidal thinking came for the first time. I never had that before. Yeah. And that's when I had to stop what I was doing altogether. Because I yes. was doing exactly what you're saying, trying to fit in, be what everybody wanted me to be. Mm. My mother had some of these characteristics of a narcissist. Mm. And she was overpowering all the time, and I was always trying to please her in every way possible. Mm-hmm. And she was always in, yeah, I have to say, in that abusive mode, dismissing yeah. everything and everything I said and putting me down. Anyway, so that created a lot of, um, it's sad to say now, wounds. Yes. deep ones that I didn't know what to do to heal them. And then Certainly. my path was spirituality. I know a lot of people do therapy, but I went for this spirit high. I mean, I, I just read everything I could, <laughs> participated <laughs> in all those meetings, uh, retreats, meditation, and all of those things. Good. Yeah. It, answering your question, the question that I wanted to ask you, actually, I, I have an idea what you went through, but I would love for the audience to know as well. And, you know, I say that it's true. The wisdom part, I think, is that you were an adult, you know, so you have those you connected with who you were born with, but yet with all the life experiences and the clarity and, you know, that wisdom to be able to take it and and do the amazing things that you do on a daily basis. I tend to think that's natural, that this is exactly yeah. what, like what I'm doing now, like speaking to you about these things, this podcast, all these things I do. It's just so natural to me that yes. it's... Um, uh, that's what it's amazing about it because it's so easy and it's so simple because mm-hmm. I'm not trying to be something else as a, I was before, <laughs> trying everything to um, to be something that I was not and not embracing this deep desire to know mm-hmm. the truth of who right. I was so I could look at myself and others the same way. Yeah, I love that. I love it, love it, love it. Well, looking out, looking from the outside at you, I, I do use those words. I do label things like that yes, because yeah. for me, it's 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 when I see you being you and and sharing such um, you know personal things like yeah. you just did. Yeah, I I think it's it's beautiful and it just it makes us all 
I don't know, I feel all of us feel comfortable to do the same. And when we do that, that's when it's, you know, to me, exquisite, because I believe we are supposed to do what comes natural. If if math doesn't come naturally to you, then maybe you shouldn't be studying math. You know what I mean? And I, I realized the, the school system here in America uh, is not going to hire me anytime soon. <laughs> but, you know, that's how I feel like these things, when they do come naturally, they just... Um, you appreciate them. Others appreciate them. They appreciate in value. They bring value to people. They 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 transcend. I want to say boundaries that may have been there before. They melt away. And, and yeah, I'm exci- I'm so excited to be with you. You're uh, <laughs> like a soul sister, my new soul sister. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly because we are doing exactly that. Coming from that place. I have read your story, so as I said before, but I would love for the audience to know, Gina, how this happened for you. How did you learn to listen to that voice and become who you are today? So um, similar to you, it was a health issue, but a little bit different. For me, it was I had everything. I had everything I ever wanted as a little girl, right? I am now an adult. I am uh, married to the man of my dreams. We have our biological son. We adopted our daughter because we knew my husband had a uh, kidney and liver disease that is hereditary, although we couldn't trace it much further back, just to his mom, and that was it. But anyway, um, I had a house. I had, at the time, two cats. I love animals. So at the time, they're now in heaven, but they were amazing. And I was just so happy and so fulfilled. And um, then my husband, on the heels of adopting Sonia, was told that he needed a kidney transplant, that he would soon be starting on dialysis. And you can imagine that just pulled the rug right out from our beautiful, my beautiful image of, you know, birds tweeting in my yard and my kids playing and everything being perfect. And what really went awry was that, and this is a very long story, so I'm going to talk a little fast, like I'm from New York, because that's where (laughs) I'm born. And I'm going to skip parts and just tell you this, this whole thing took place over um, probably in a year and a half or two years, I would say. But the original surgery was to remove his two kidneys because they were so large and make room for my kidney because I was a good, I was thankfully blessed to be a great match for him. And during that time, this was the head of that clinic did the surgery and I felt really intuitively good and connected with him and very, I felt like I was in a great place. This was going to go well. Well, it didn't. And they tried helping him and removed a huge cyst off his liver, which was bigger than a golf ball, smaller than a softball. So probably like a baseball, big enough, right? And it set him into liver failure. And the men in white, I like to call them, uh, Mark had a team of all-male doctors at that hospital. Um, they all denied that he was in liver failure. And my intuition said otherwise. And my voice yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> became, yeah, 
you know, my vehicle to the truths that I was seeing and the injustices that I was uh, seeing that nobody would, you know, um, not that they had to say, hey, I'm sorry, but say, hey, okay, we have a problem. You know, admit to the fact that he's not going to ever receive my kidney because that wouldn't save his life. He now needed a kidney and a liver. And this went on for about eight and a half months. Mark lived on uh dialysis solely. He could not use the restroom anymore. Um, and if you've ever been around somebody in kidney failure, uh, they become toxic on their mind, in their brain as well. So the mind is not a very happy, uh, in a happy place or a settled place. And at this time I gave up pieces of myself. I gave up friendships. I gave up uh, going out to lunch with a friend and then going for a walk. I gave up, uh, you know, my daily exercise routine because I was his one and only advocate and trying to take care of two, uh, two year old and a kindergartner. So it was crazy in my house, but that was the time where I learned I have these amazing gifts and they are that I can see things that most people can't see and I can hear things that most people can't hear and I don't need a lab test. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I don't need to run blood work and wait 24 hours for results. I just know in my heart and I learned very quickly that I was in a place, I was in Charlotte, North Carolina and, and this was 13, 14 years ago, whatever it is, 13, you know, where women should be kind of quiet and maybe sit beautifully smiling and nodding. And, you know, I'm from New York and I'm feisty. I'm Italian and German. And I wasn't that woman. I was the woman standing there. Hey, help, help, help. My husband needs help. This is wrong. That's wrong. And I realized that that's not always met with the welcome arms that I was hoping for. And I realized that I have to advocate for what I call the unlived life. The one that is like you were saying when you were, let's say 30 and you didn't realize there was this other place to be, which is where you are now. Yes. That's the connection I do. I help people uh, I want to say transition or transform. I don't think we need to grow. Uh, I think we're all grown, but let's say transition, transform, transcend into that other life. And I, I don't do it now in a hospital setting, uh, which I'm not really fond of hospitals. <laughs> I would prefer to do it from my office and mm -hmm. be able to use my intuition and the things that I see in here and connect people to that because like you, I realized um, I've had these gifts since I was a child, and I may have toned them down to keep others feeling comfortable, you know, not making them feel uneasy. Yeah. But I knew it was it was my calling to do something greater. I, it was a Tuesday at Mayo Clinic where the sun was hitting me on my shoulders while Mark was in an appointment that I couldn't go in because they were doing testing. And it was at that moment that I was sitting in prayer and meditation that I just knew I had to do something with this. You know, it was that that turning point that facilitated where I am now. So thank you for asking me. What is um, your understanding of suffering? Do we actually choose to go through 
these painful experiences to learn what we know today? Or do you see it differently? Uh, That's a great question. So for me, um, I believe a couple things. I believe that we've chosen certain things before we were born. Uh, and sometimes those are those lessons. Suffering can be a great lesson. Usually it's the one that knocks us to the ground and has us see things in a new way. You know, um, I believe that. And then I believe there are times where it's um, repetitive, like we are, and, and I can, you know, there's, I see repetition in my life of not being seen for who I am, not being recognized, let's say, um, suffering and injustice and not being heard about it. And then um, dealing with a loss, you know, a loss that feels like um, a death, you know what I mean? And uh so it's 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 very interesting, and I think sometimes those sufferings, like the one I just shared with you, I recently learned came from an ancestral tie of mine, where I am living this life to help that uh, ancestor of mine, female, uh, many generations back, uh, kind of I get the gifts from her suffering. And um, I think it can be that. I think it can be we choose it before we come here to have these amazing experiences of what it's like and what it feels like and and then how it makes us see when we're out of it, how much better we can feel, right? It's like having a cold. You think you're healthy, then all of a sudden you get a cold, we get wimpy, and the minute the cold gets away, goes away, we're like really happy that we're healthy. We're, we're, we're really excited about it. And so the other thing I think, the third way, I would say suffering is kind of a wake-up call. <laughs> from, from And then you can fill in the blank from the universe, the divine God, whatever word suits you, because I'm not here to to give you the right word, but your creator, that energy, that, uh, that oneness, that it's a wake up call to hello, (laughs) you didn't get it the first time, or, you know, uh, I'm trying politely to give you some information and you're not listening or you're going around it or you're, you hear me, but you're doing the wrong thing with the information. So I think it's, it's could be, any one of the three or a combination of. And I know I've had all of those experiences. It makes sense to me that finding, it's almost like a story in a way, whatever story that fits to make us, us feel better mm-hmm. in understanding why we suffer. I don't know. Lately, I have been contemplating the, uh, the idea that suffering is optional and pain it's just part of the human experience mm-hmm. and for some people it's actually optional too they are mm-hmm. able to lessen the pain the physical pain whatever or emotional they can do that some spiritual teachers yes. so does it make sense to you that actually suffering and pain they are optional and we can choose not to suffer now actually if we want to Correct. And I agree with you completely. And I would say that I see 
now with my adult eyes, right? Uh, after such an awakening 13 years ago, I see that oftentimes when people are suffering, it's because they've disconnected from, like we were talking about earlier, from those pieces of themselves and tried to be something other than they are. You know, like you were saying earlier, it just comes so natural what you're doing and that's it like when we when we live and fulfill our soul level truths in my opinion our soul level truths our heartfelt desires and use our innate and appreciate our innate gifts our natural born gifts we are able to lessen that suffering because we are I believe I would say where we're supposed to be (laughs) we become our truest selves and we become exactly what we see missing in the world. And that's how I believe it is easiest for us to, you know, kind of transcend or limit or uh, limits, not the word lessen the suffering. And I would imagine the pain is, is probably the same. I mean, I think an accident could be a little different um, where you're involved in an accident, a mishap somewhere, somehow, you know, that pain, I don't know if that could be avoided. That would be a good one. I have to think about that. I'll sleep on that and get back to you. <laughs> yes, right. It's not something that most of us experience, right? <laughs> Doing something about physical pain then uh, to um, let go of that. I have uh, interviewed lots of people and some of them, they have said to have those experiences that they can choose to go into um, deep meditation, samadhi, and then and then everything. I mean, they just know now that they are not the body. And mm-hmm. then the pain just, everything disappears in a way, dissolves. So that is uh, something that not most of us can relate to because I feel pain. I'm not in pain, but when it arises, it's here and it doesn't cause suffering, but it's acknowledged, but it's it's still here. So I, it seems like it takes practice, right, Gina, in a way to come from the soulful place or the soul space, if it is a space. Would you say that that's a, a practice of unlearning, undoing? I would definitely say it is. And I think it's, I mean... My background is I taught yoga for yeah, um, a yeah. decade and a half or so. And so I understand that that uh, Samadhi's place, that state of being. And I, I think it oftentimes, not always, but for most people in our society, I would say it's something that you need to be guided into with another person. It doesn't always just happen overnight, you know what I mean? But it is a magical and a beautiful way of being. And I think we each have the ability to, um, I believe we're each born with intuition and the ability to heal ourselves in certain ways. Now, I'm not saying when my husband needed a kidney and liver transplant that he could heal that, you know, but I'm, I'm talking about, um, you know, simpler things and asking ourselves, where is this coming from? How did I, for me, I always think of it as allowing something uncomfortable to enter the body 
an energy like you were just saying earlier you could feel the depths of what I went through when Mark was ill and I think I didn't say but Mark is alive and healthy he just celebrated his 13 year anniversary so I yeah I have the question here how is Mark now (laughs) just thank you for saying saying that he is living that unlived life and it's a beautiful thing to watch him be with our kids and to be here with me now that we moved to California you know but um I think that when we are less of ourselves, in other words, when we give away those pieces of ourselves, we are more likely to feel run down, tired, exhausted, maybe even angry, frustrated, um, uneased, like uh, Louise Hay, you know, talks about uh, or talked about while she was here on this earth and wrote, wrote in her books. And I think that when we feel uneased, we're more likely to that barrier that we have, I think, in our aura, I believe, of healthiness and positive energy to keep us strong kind of breaks down and diminishes in a way that we can become uneased and things can enter into the body like dis-ease and um And then we struggle and, you know, possibly it's pain, possibly it's an illness and so forth. And I think if we are able to slow down, which I find a lot of people aren't able to. And let me tell you, that was one of the biggest things I had to learn because I like to operate in a New York minute or millisecond, as I like to call it. And I find even myself, I have to like, okay, Gina, you're going too fast. You have to slow down. And for me, I know that I connect really well in nature. And so often, and that's one of the reasons why we live here in California now, because the weather is more agreeable to my desires and my husband's. And so I go outside and like before meeting with you today, I just sat outside in prayer and meditation and, and just sucked in all the, the beauty and the energy around me. And that for me, those moments, even if it's for 60 seconds, I feel like those are our ways of keeping ourselves healthy I like to think of them as our vitamins you know right Right? vitamin d from the sun and vitamin c s-e-a like the ocean you know and so um yeah I I think in that way and shape I do agree with you I do think we can lessen or is the word mitigate I'm not I'm losing my words here that pain and suffering I agree I love the word you use, your company, it's called exquisitely aligned. So it is that alignment. It's here, never left us, which is the truth of who we are, this beautiful, I mean, I cannot even, we can't describe it, the truth is, I'm just kind of being romantic about it, Uh, that is beautiful and peaceful, but it's just Ah, yeah, no words. <laughs> I, can't, I can't use words to describe I, what we are. <laughs> I don't think you need words. The sounds that you made to me are the words, you know, when you were like, ah, yes, mm. yeah. the, that's, those are the words. <laughs> yes, right. It's the expression of yes. that that can be expressed, right? Might be yeah, try the body and the mind, conditioned mind, 
mind-body trying to touch the unconditional. So with that, speaking of your company, Exquisitely Aligned, talk to me about the services that you provide, Gina. I know you also host a podcast called Exquisitely Aligned, same name. And then you have beautiful cards. You call them opening to possibilities. I love them. I was looking at them. And then you offer sessions one-on-one. Do you also offer group sessions? Do you meet uh, groups of people? I really, the so over the years, I've gotten away from groups because the work that I'm doing now is, um, and I don't know if you find this with yourself, that we, um, we start in one place and we play and we stretch and expand ourselves. And then we, it, it kind of evolves. So initially, yes, uh, groups, but I have shifted to one-on-one because now it's very deep and, and transformational on a soul level. And I find that I work with mostly women and some very, uh, uh, I want to say brilliant men, right. But, um, but, uh, they are people who have suffered in some way an injustice and, Um, because of that, it's very personal. And that's why I decided to do my work more one-on-one. That being said, uh, in the future, I will offer a retreat. It's already planned. It was just, um, (laughs) I decided, you know, with the advent of 2020, uh, that I actually just took it off my website, hit it on the back end of my website because, I wasn't ready. And I think that in 2023, I will open it back up and that'll be the group experience. Um, And then the opening. So I work one on one, usually with women, some men. And it's something that we do over typically three months. We meet like this on Zoom or Skype and or in person, depending on where they are in the world. And it is deep transformational work. So there are days where they may not even like me <laughs> because yeah. I stretch them in a way. <laughs> and I tell them that up front, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not here to, I, I don't like to consider myself a coach. I know in a, in our world, we like to put people a, a label or put you in a box. Well, you have to be in a category. What category, Gina, should I put you in? And I'm like, you know what? I don't really fit in a category, but um, if we really have to do this, I don't know. But I like to consider myself someone who takes you on a journey and I'm not here to cheer you on from the sidelines like a coach. I'm really here like more of, I think, in the yoga field, a mentor who meets you at your destination and shines a light, walks ahead of you with that light so you can see your path and so you can find your way to where you belong, just like on the mat, right? One day you might be in uh, full pigeon, another day you might be not quite there. And we have to meet people where they are at that day and that moment in time based on what they ate, how they slept, what's going on within their home, within their community, at the office, so forth. Um, and then the opening to possibilities cards came out of my years of teaching yoga, bar, zumba, and all those fun things. And I told you, I I love connecting with people. 
Um, and my kids would always say, why do strangers in foreign countries when you're teaching yoga here tell you their secrets? Why do they do too much information? Right. And I, I say, why do you think, you know, like, I'm not going to tell you the answer, but why do you think? And, and they always come up even when they were young, you know, it's giving people the safe space. And that's exactly what you do in the work that you do. And I commend you for that by, you know, speaking about things that don't always get the attention they deserve or need or should have. There are so many words I could put in there. But, um, you know, when we give people the safe space to express themselves and to, I want to say, confront their fears and share things that are intimate, um, they're able to connect deeper. So the opening to possibilities cards are 42 questions, I'm sorry, 42 statements, one on each card with a powerful word attached to it, a high vibrating word, and then three questions on each card to go with that word and statement. And they're meant for you to be in a safe space to connect with your truths, your desires, and your gifts so that you can express them either you know, outwardly in a journal or outwardly in a conversation with another person um, or just in your meditation for you to receive a message from the divine that day. And the fun thing about those cars is I love shipping them all over the world. I mean, right now they're only in English, but I have had you know, on my bucket list, which is a mile long, uh, one of my things is, wouldn't it be great if my son could translate them into Spanish in his free time, you know? Um, is it, Wouldn't it be great if my cousin who speaks German and my, you know, aunts and uncles and my dad could translate them into German? But of course, it's fun to keep that on the wish list. And those are the ways I work with people. It's a lot of fun. The podcast, I'm glad you yeah. brought that up, is brand new. Next week, I will uh, wrap up my second season. It's been a lot of fun. I think I'm at the point where I'm ready to invite amazing people like yourself uh, to be my guest. These past two seasons have just been very short snippets of me sharing things that are near and dear to my heart. But I think I'm at the point where I'm ready to have, uh, you know, to send you an email if you would accept an invitation yes, to join yes. me one day. Please, yes. I love when you say the heart. That caught my attention immediately. For some reason, I relate to that word more than the soul mm-hmm. today, now, for some reason, who knows why. But when I listen to you describing what your offerings are, and then you speak from the, and you say the word, the heart coming from that place, it just, yeah, that's it. What else can we do here <laughs> in this reality? I mean, I don't see anything else more fun than this. <laughs> Come from that place that we know is true to it, us. Yes, um, yes. Thank you for being this beautiful inspiration. Because it's funny, we need to be reminded of that in a way. So in a way, it is a practice. That's what I have been realizing. I really always wanted to 
kind of uh, get the truth and just stay there, <laughs> stay with it and just die with, lose the body with it. But it doesn't work that way. You just uh, realize what this is all about. And um, this reality, the, the, the relative reality still goes on with all, all the problems that we usually have and, and we forget sometimes. So you are such a great reminder. The way you speak, the words you choose to use, and what are you doing? It's beautiful, beautiful reminder as well. Not just a reminder, of course. You, this is something that you're giving, your gift that you're passing it on. But it's for me, it has been a, a beautiful reminder gift because <laughs> we tend to forget. Hmm. Well, thank it, you so much, Tina. It it is my great joy and pleasure, and I have to say. Um, that coming from you has my cup overflowing. So um, I, I say namaste. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. You uh, thank you for seeing me and acknowledging that. And and I see it in you. Um, and so you have me blushing. So ah, yes, and you have me with you. goosebumps. So <laughs> yeah, how I'm, I mean, I have to use your word, amazing. <laughs> how amazing that is, that, that experience of recognizing the, uh, the divine, as we know, that's here in each other. Yeah, it can be felt. We don't have to be in person to even get that. Sometimes being in person gets in the way because then we concentrate on other things, the eyes, the hair. But then, yeah, this, um, yeah, it's almost that there is a, that, that transmission. Mm-hmm. Ah, thank you again for making another sacred conversation happen. A lot of times I use the word healing, mm-hmm. but I also this word sacred just came to me. It is my sacred space, this that I hold here. But to me, this is a sacred conversation. Today has been. Thank you again. Thank you. And um, we're almost at the end before I ask you the ending questions. I'm not Mm -hmm. sure if we covered all the topics that we are supposed to cover today. I know you sent me two pieces. And is there anything that you left unsaid for today's conversation, Gina? No, I think it, it it was you know I think you used the right word. It it's it's uh, it was a sacred conversation, and I think it flowed. And um, always before I meet somebody or speak somewhere, uh, I always take time to meditate and get in the right space. And. Um, I feel like everything that was supposed to be expressed today has been, and it's been, you know, truly my great pleasure to be with you. I love that observation about everything that's supposed to be said or it's supposed to happen, happens. (laughs) So we don't have to try too hard. Although you do mention making that choice and being receptive and being open, which mm-hmm. to me resonates true, of course. We need to be open to whatever the calling of the heart is. Mm-hmm. Not as easy for most of us. And um, my last question to you, I have two questions. I will ask this one that I wanted to ask before. So intuition, how do we learn to distinguish that voice because mm. we have so many the belief systems, we have values, <laughs> we have so many people, and then the media, and then the, the, whatever we're exposed to. How do we learn to listen to that beautiful voice? 
So I love that question. I had been confronted with that years ago by a new yoga student who I didn't know very well yet. And she was in the midst of a divorce uh, after a marriage of, I don't know, more than 25 years. I mean, they they met and married very young. um, And this was the only life she had known as an adult. And she said, I don't know what I'm going to do. And the desperation in her voice, I was like, okay, what's going on? And she said, I have to find myself a house. And I said, okay, all right, this one I can handle. You know what I mean? Like, this this <laughs> yeah. I know something about. I've, yeah. I've bought a house before more than once. I can help you. Not that I'm a realtor, but this one I got. Yeah. And um uh-huh. I said to her, uh, you know, I'd like you to use your intuition. And she looked at me like a deer in headlights, just very blank stare. And it, the truth was she had, um, dismissed her intuition for so long being a wife and a mother of several children. And she had been in a place where she had given up so many pieces of herself that she couldn't connect back to her intuition. So at first it was mind boggling for me because I had never been that disconnected personally. Um, So I had to really take a breath and connect to source so that I could get the messages on how to help her because we're standing in front of each other. It wasn't like I could say, let me get back to you. (laughs) You Like I said earlier, (laughs) let me sleep on that and I'll I'll tell you tomorrow. But um, (laughs) immediately the messages I got were, okay, she knows her intuition. I said, well, tell me about when you first met your husband, you know? And so she started talking and I said, well, how did that feel? Cause clearly they were in love and she, she, you know, you could see her, her whole demeanor changed, right. From feeling anxious about this. I got to buy a house and nervous and everything else as well as sad about this divorce and, and her demeanor changed. And I said, well, let me ask you, did you, when you met him and you started going out on these dates, like, did you hear a voice in your head that this was right? I said on your wedding day, you know, Oh yeah, no, I knew, I knew in my heart of heart, I knew with my whole body that, you know, he was going to be my husband and we were going to have these amazing children I said, that's it. You know, that's your intuition. So for me, I usually ask people, go back to a time when you were innocent, whether that be, you know, when you decided you were going to ask your parents if you could have a horse or go horseback riding or, you know, um, your very first whatever, you know, that was kind of maybe even outside the box, right? Your family didn't ride horses. They were looking at you thinking, how on earth are we going to get you to a, the proper place to ride horses, you know, but, but that child knew, or the first time you picked up an instrument and you knew it felt right in your hands. Like I played the flute and piccolo. And I knew that was, I started on the piano, which was lovely, but it didn't feel right. But the minute I got that you know, shiny silver flute in my hands. And I played a sound which wasn't quite as nice as it was by the time I had years of experience, you know what I mean? But it just felt right. So I asked people to go back, 
Go back to a time when you were innocent. Go back to a time when you had no uh, responsibilities, accountabilities. Go back to a time where you really felt like yourself. And that might not be something that happens, you know, quickly like the woman I was with. It might take journaling. It might take using the something like the opening to possibilities cards, you know, where you you're just kind of being playful, answering questions that make you dig deep. Um, and then I ask, like, what decisions did you, you know, do that ended up not working for you? <laughs> like me working for a credit bureau. I went from the fashion industry, which I loved because I like when people can express themselves outwardly. And I think clothing, jewelry, cosmetics and haircuts and, you know, sunglasses, these things can make us show a part of us ourselves that differentiates us from someone else. It's not like wearing a uniform. And um when I went into the, the uh, working for a credit bureau, I was single. I needed a job. I had a mortgage. I had two animals that I had to feed. I was living alone. You know, I did that because other people said, oh, it's safe. You know, it, it and it sure it was safe, but I was miserable. It did not work out right because I didn't listen to my intuition. I listened to other forces like you were mentioning earlier. So I think if we can simply go back to that time and think of positive things that things that brought us joy and how did it feel? I think then just play with it. I I don't think you just turn it on and off, but I think you explore it and ask yourself questions. Should I go outside and take a break from my computer? Uh, did I hear yes or no? And then do it, do you know, and see how it feels. And then should I eat 12 chocolate chip cookies or one, you know, <laughs> should I skip the chocolate yeah. chip cookie and, and then mm. notice how you feel um, and experiment with little things. Is this the right time for me to be, I don't know, dating if you're single? Now, if you're married, I don't know that it is any time the right time to be dating. You know what I mean? You know, maybe you make a, a date night with your husband. But I think if we explore those little things, we, we start honing in on the gift of our intuition. And the more we can reclaim and recall those missing pieces of ourselves, like you talked about, you did earlier and the way I did earlier uh, that we spoke about, then it, it just becomes um, natural. It just unfolds. That's a... Very insightful message on intuition that I never heard the way you you expressed it now. So it is an exploration. I love that exploration. And depending on how long we have been disconnected from it, it will take more practice. Yes. It takes more patience, um, more time. Yeah, that really resonates, Gina. Thank you for saying that, because we do sometimes believe that it's something that we can turn on and off, as you said, <laughs> but it doesn't work that way. If only it was that easy, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I have heard that it is simple, but not easy. <laughs> that's true. So I have a final one more question for you. That's a technical question. But before that, I want to thank you again 
for your presence in, in this reality. I love that you have children and that you're passing these messages to them, teaching, guiding them <laughs> yeah, to explore and to know who they are. So that's such a wonderful news <laughs> that <laughs> children, they can maintain that connection. Although we're never disconnected, really. It's such right. a paradox, right, Gina? Correct. I mean, it's a way of saying that we reconnect, but it was never really disconnected. Mm -hmm. It's just that we have forgotten. And mm -hmm. so that's another, I just want to say that because I know that I was brought up with so much confusion of mm -hmm. not knowing who I was. Mm -hmm. And that's because I didn't have parents like yourself. So thank you for being for being that mother and Mark for being that father to children you have. Thank you again. Oh, thank you for for saying that. That means parenting is is um, very rewarding, but also very challenging. So with a 16 and a 20 year old, um, <laughs> I, I appreciate imagine. you taking the time, recognizing that and, and verbalizing and sharing that with me. Thank you. And before we say goodbye for today, where can we find more information about you, your products, services and future projects? So I like to keep things very simple. Um, exquisitelyaligned.com is my website. You can email me at Gina, which is G-I-N-A at exquisitelyaligned.com and the podcast, uh, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and soon to be Twitter, uh, not Twitter, sorry, not Twitter, TikTok, the other T word, uh, are all exquisitely aligned. I like to keep it simple. Exquisitely aligned really resonates with me. And um, I, I I just felt called to keep everything simple. So simple is the way I like to go. And um, please look me up. I would love to connect and um, and let the magic happen from there. Thank mm -hmm. you. Yes, thank you. I'll have the website on your podcast profile. Thank you so much again, Gina. And we'll talk soon. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Gina Vincent and her work, please visit exquisitelyaligned.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now. <laughs>